0: and now the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for it's the Trackstar sports mma main card with your man the voice as always let's start off with some headlines and hot takes here she comes to save the day With the fate of UFC 222 on the line, Chris Cyborg steps in to face yet another Invicta Bantamweight champion in the main event. This time, it's newly crowned champ Yana Kuniskaya. Cyborg complained about the UFC not building a division of fighters to challenge her, and this fight seems like a wash and repeat since Cyborg came over to the UFC from Invicta. However, on the MMA beat, Ariel Helwani said that Yana was preparing for a 145 pound fight in the UFC. So it's a little different this go around. That did nothing to douse the flames that Bantamweight champ Nunez has for a Brazilian super fight. And Cyborg added fuel to the fire saying she's still down to fight Amanda on international fight week as long as she wins in March. Now, Damon Martin reported that Nunez versus Pennington is being looked at for the fight card that takes place in Brazil in May, which is a pay-per-view. And if you know anything about the UFC and Brazil, they've got to have Brazilian fighters on the card to make it worthwhile. And that might be a quick turnaround for the Lioness if she were to come out victorious. In other UFC 222 news, Frankie Edgar wanted desperately to stay on the card and he gets his wish as Brian T-City Ortega has answered the call. This is a phenomenal opportunity for T-City as he takes on the highest profile opponent of his career and if he beats the former lightweight champion, the undefeated Ortega will surely face off for the title in his next fight. Bellator's first non tent pole fight in the St. Louis metropolitan area is shaping up very nicely at the top. The main event features (coughs) fake champ uh, Brent Premis versus (coughs) real champ Michael Chandler. Now, what was announced earlier this week, though, is that A.J., the mercenary McKee, will be taking on Justin, the American kid, Lawrence. Lawrence is out of Pacific, Missouri, which is just a couple miles outside of the St. Louis area. This will be the mercenary's highest profile fight in his young career as he will be facing off against the tough 15 veterans. Having won fights in both the UFC and in Bellator, the experience that Lawrence brings to the cage is invaluable. If the fight takes place where it's rumored to be held, it'll also be a coming home as it'll be the first fight that Lawrence has had in Missouri in years. Last one being at Bellator Dynamite 2. But it'll also be the place where his first professional fight in Missouri took place which would be at the St. Charles Family Arena and that fight for him was all the way back in 2011 another fight named for this card is Devin Brock versus Kevin Ferguson Jr you may or may not remember Brock but he was the victor in the Voices Marquee matchup for a card earlier this year as he took on the debuting crony gracie it was also brock's debut fight now he looks to take on another offspring of legendary mma status in baby slice now this fight should again take place at the st charles family arena which is a suburb of st louis and just a few miles away from david busters Dave and Buster's is where Bellator, whenever they come to town, will host a meet and greet. His father uh, has fought and had arguably his greatest victory of his career in the St. Louis Metropolitan Area over Ken Shamrock back in 2015. And Dave and Buster's is where I got a chance to meet Kimbo Slice. And it was a a great opportunity and it'd be just another great way of baby slice and furthering his career and furthering and creating his own legacy just right outside of a place where his dad made a great name for himself and his being at Dave and Buster's and being here in St. Louis was one of the last media events that he had before his final fight, which was announced that night at the Sky Trade Arena versus Dalai 5000. In a recent edition of the MMA main card, I shared that Nate Diaz said he's ready to get back to fighting. Now we know who he wants to fight. And that's Tyron, the chosen one, Woodley. Now in textbook Dana White fashion, he said that RDA would be the next fight for and talked bad about the welterweight champion in the process. If you know anything about Dana White, one of his negotiation tactics is to belittle fighters in public. That way he can undercut the purse of the fighters and not give them the things that they're asking for. He knows, just like Nate Diaz said in his epic call out of Conor McGregor, I'm the money fight. Outside of McGregor, Nate Diaz is the biggest draw the UFC could have in 2018. And this is a pivotal year for the company as they're seeking to gain new television rights. Nate, he wasted no time making this fight one of the ones that people are going to want to see. In a recent interview with ESPN, And I'm not going to say everything that they said because I don't use that kind of language. But you'll be able to pick up on the gist of things. He told the reporters about Woodley. I see him on TMZ every week talking about me. I'm like, what? If that's what you want to do. I mean, it's not really my weight class, but I'm with it. I think it's my title that we're fighting for. If he's the one calling me out, whose title we fighting for? Who's a real champion here? (laughs) This is definitely the best fight for Diaz. And like I said, he's already laying the groundwork and making it must-see TV for any fight fan. If Diaz were to lose, it's at welterweight. He's never had sustained success there. It just adds to his Stockton bad boy, Mystique. But if he wins, then the trilogy fight with Conor McGregor will take place at Welterweight for Diaz's belt? Oh, come on, man. There is no way to diminish the fans' desire to see the trilogy fight with a win or a loss. And either way it goes, if he fights this fight, he gets paid. Now, RDA is not happy about this at all. And Dana White's statements don't help. He got on UFC tonight earlier this week and doubled down on the fact that RDA is the next fight for T-Wood. Now, it's not unheard of for a former champ to get a title shot in their third fight in a new weight class. But RDA may have to wait a little longer to get a crack at the strap beating Kobe Covington wouldn't be a bad way to stay busy especially since chaos has made it a point of making disparaging remarks about Brazilians. time will only tell but when you got Nate Diaz saying this is the fight that he wants this is what makes sense you have Tyron Woodley saying earlier within the week or maybe a little later on or I should say uh, last week that he bet the house that his next fight was against Diaz, and the fact that both fighters have hinted at this happening just back in November. I would not believe Dana White on this one. In Berlin, it was the return of the dragon as Machida picked up a much needed split decision victory over your boy Eric Anders. And his inexperience showed as he faded just enough in the later rounds to allow the home crowd's oohs and ahs to sway the judges. Most of the post fight discussion from this card focused on the absolute destruction of Priscilla Cachoeira at the hands of Valentina Shevchenko. Bullet Shevchenko picked up a performance of the night bonus, but man, was it hard to watch as Perdita landed just three strikes versus Bullet's 200 plus in a two round fight. And that included some devastating ground and pound. Was this the matchmaker's fault for putting the fight together? Was it the commission's fault for sanctioning the fight? Was it the coroner's fault for not throwing in the towel? Or was it the ref's fault for not calling the fight earlier? I believe all parties share some blame. Now, fortunately, Perdita will f- live to fight another day, but she'll be out at the most six months and at the minimum a month and a half because of the damage she received in this fight. Let me read a portion of the official release by the sanctioning body regarding what took place. The Brazilian MMA Athletic Commission has discussed the stoppage with referee Mario Yamasaki at the post-fight meeting held at the venue with all of the officials assigned for the event. We made clear all of our concerns regarding the incident. Priscilla Cachoeira demonstrated toughness and heart during the two rounds, but those two attitudes, that should not interfere or confuse the referee when it comes to stoppages in the first round in the last couple minutes it was clear that priscilla could not defend herself efficiently nor technically that reflected directly on the judge's scores all three giving it a 10-8 round round two was the same Obviously, with Priscilla not physically recovered enough from the previous round to demonstrate her chance against Valentina, the fight should've been called off right in its initial moments. And if the fight wasn't called off, it would've been a clear 10-7 due to what we considered an overwhelming dominance and significant impact in the round. Mario Yamasaki has been one of the best referees in MMA for the past decade and played a key role in helping our commission build the team of officials we will discuss the next steps together and decide what is certainly best for all parties involved with all of the noise that's been made about the poor job that Yamasaki did both from the side of the UFC with Dana just going clean off and so many others in the field. And then these statements that the Brazilian Mixed Martial Arts Association just made. Yeah, it doesn't look like Yamasaki will be referring anytime soon. The Voices marquee matchup for the main card was also the fight of the night. As Anthony Lionheart Smith fell to Tiago Mejeta Santos via TKO in round two. Mahed is getting a quick turnaround as he will fight David Branch in Atlantic City, New Jersey on April 21st. UFC 221 takes place this Saturday in Perth, Australia. But unlike other cards, your man the voice is going to have to sit this one out. I've been ill this week and I have to preach on Sunday. So, no live coverage during the main card this weekend. Unless someone wants to send your man some fun so I can watch it at home. If that's the case, hey, I'd be happy to do that, but I cannot chance going out uh, this weekend because I, I just can't chance it. I, you know, I've got work to do Sunday morning, and as much as I love sports, I love Trackstar star sports, and I love MMA, I love Lord more, and me being available to give his word is the most important thing. Hey, but feel free to hit me up on all social media networks at The Voice, and that's spelled T is in Tango, H-A-V is in Victor, O-Y is in Yankee, Z is in Zulu, Feel free to hit me up again. Uh, you guys want to pitch in for the pay-per-view I'd be happy to give you all the highlights from home but I'm not going out to Ballpark Village this weekend. it's going to be a good fight though you got in the headlining fight for the interim middleweight title Luke Rockhold and well, the soldier of God Romero now Romero I believe will be making history as he will be fighting for the second time for an interim title and I don't think anyone in UFC history has done that before Uh, but hey, more power to him, if he were to win then it will be a rematch against the person he lost to in his most recent fight, being the undisputed champion in Robert Whitaker who was supposed to fight Rockhold in this battle there in Perth, Australia, which Australia is his home nation Uh, unfortunately due to some illness and things of that nature he can't fight one thing that is fortunate though is that he was able to be at home with his wife I believe his wife but he was able to be at home with the birth of his brand new child and that's something you can never get back you can live and fight another day but you'll never be able to have a first again. In the co-main event, the Super Samoan Mark Hunt will be taking on Curtis Blades and surprisingly, Blades is the favorite in this fight. This fight is taking place at home for Mark Hunt in Australia as he is a native of Asia-Pacific. And Blades, though he has good ground game, I don't know if his stand-up is enough for Mark Hunt. Only time will tell, and we'll see. But again, I'm really surprised that Blades is the favorite in this fight. Now, the Voices marquee matchup for the main card. Pits Cyril Asker versus Hunt's sparring partner in Titu Avassa the undefeated of Vasa is the biggest favorite on the card despite Asker's experience anytime you have heavyweights facing off the likelihood of a stoppage is great. Ties at home he was impressive in his UFC debut. Two out of Asker's three losses have been by KO while all of Bam Bam's victories have been by KO. The silverback Asker does have three of his nine wins by submission so look to him to take the fight to the ground this fight has fireworks written all over it also on the main card jake matthews has his third consecutive fight in the land down under and the asia pacific native is looking for his second victory in a row this time versus lee the leech jing the leech is on a four fight win streak and is going for his seventh victory in the octagon Both fighters' records show they have the ability to stop the fight standing, submit on the ground, or go the distance for the victory. A battle between fighters both seeking redemption in their first fights since tasting defeat opens up the main card as Dagestani Saparbek Safarov faces the Australian Tyson Pedro. The Voices marquee matchup for the prelims pits Juicy A. Formiga versus Ben 10 win. A 10 fight UFC vet, Formiga has only lost to UFC title challengers even before joining the leader in MMA. Ben 10 looked like a promising prospect to feed the beast that is Mighty Mouse at 125 pounds. That was until he got derailed in his hometown of Sioux Falls, South Dakota back in July of 2016. Since then, he's only fought twice. Both victories and none bigger than his submission of tough champion, Tim Elliott. Now it's time for Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Where we look at the humanity that drives the combatants that fight for our pleasures. Roy Jones Jr participated in his 75th pro fight on February 8th and stated that outside of a fight with Anderson Silva, he's hanging the gloves up. Roy Jones Jr. was the best in his era and my favorite fighter growing up. I mean, his ability to slip punches was like watching poetry in motion. In the 90s... When he would explode into five punch combinations. Oh man, all I could think of is that this is what it must be to look at a jazz improv musician if he could fight. I mean, it was beautiful. He was displaying the highest caliber when it came to the martial arts. And at nearly 50 years old, he was still able to show flashes of this genius by making it look so easy against an opponent with 42 pro fights and only 11 defeats. A combatant nearly 20 years, Roy Jones' junior, no pun intended. I mean, Roy was in there dancing, playing, having fun, Talking to people outside And toning up the blue corn. That's what was on the menu For his final hurrah However As he gave his final speech I couldn't help but notice The way the S words came out They were not as clear For Pensacola's finest And it showed the wear and tear That this grueling sport leaves on even some of the most talented defensive fighters. That'll happen when you've been fighting at the highest level since 1984 and fighting professionally for nearly 30 years. Roy honestly has never been the same since losing in a rematch to Antonio Targa. After that KO and subsequent stoppage by Glenn Johnson, the brash Roy Jones Jr. Was gunshot. And I can't say that I blame him. I've never been knocked out before. So I don't know what it's like. But I know that it was nothing nice. After having both of those KOs happen back to back. Now he had some more valiant efforts in his fighting career. Taking on Tarva for a third time. Fighting Joe Kazagi having victory over Felix Trinidad and also facing off against Bernard Hopkins but time catches up with everyone. Roy is a resident ringside analyst for HBO and most of the fights on this card on February 8th feature people that he trains including some MMA fighters so his last chapter can still be filled with glorious victories in the ring by guiding his stable of warriors to victory. My hope is that the effects of his long tenure in boxing will not diminish his ability to enjoy them in the twilight of his life. To keep up with Trackstar Sports like the Trackstar Sports Facebook page, follow us on Instagram and Twitter join the discussion in the Facebook Group for debate fuel where we talk about sports every single day. New content gets released every day except for Sunday on anchor.fm forward slash trackstar sports. And remember, trackstars is spelled with a Z. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And don't forget to tune into our flagship program, Debate View, that airs live on Periscope Saturday mornings, or you can listen to that podcast on SoundCloud. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, with Trackstar Sports, bringing you the MMA main card, and I'm sounding off.